Brown for the love of the game. We keep them takes scorching hot. Natron clean, flying J. We can't be sold and we can't be bought. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> They're getting better each time. I I gotta say, I mean, I think that's definitely one of your top seven uh, intros. Got to be top top seven or eight out of the yeah. three that I've done. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. <laughs> and it's as, as far as as what I said, the content is not true. Uh, we could easily be bought pretty much by any offer, any products, and no matter what your leanings are. We're screaming to be purchased. Yes. We basically need to have a neon light, like the red light that you have in your room right now uh, saying like, please, please buy this content. (laughs) So our, our new, uh, wanted to give a quick shout out to our new social media manager. Um, You will be having to deal with this clockwork orange look I went with today. I'm recording from a different incubator. So I've been playing around with the light. I have this murder light above my head. There's, um, like a very um, trippy painting my grandmother painted behind my head. So if you see the footage and that I'm talking about, but I was hoping to distract Nate and kind of give him like a weird horror, horror vibe tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, uh, I feel like uh, we didn't, we don't want to skimp right past the the big news you just dropped there. This yes. is the biggest news that has, that has come out of projecting the jump since, since the fact that we decided to do this, we've we have our first hire. I mean, this is we're gone from a team of two to now a team of three. This is a uh, pretty exciting for us. I, I'm excited to see what kind of how we can expand our reach. And so, look, definitely look for us on uh, all the social media sites uh, coming up here in the future. Yeah, I, I, he, you know, honestly, Atley, good choice. He was my seventh or eighth choice, um, but I feel good with the deal we got. I think it was real good bottom line. It's going to be good for our bottom line. Um, yeah, the negotiation was obviously a little bit uh, – it got personal. I, I didn't notice yeah. that. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, we were both able to come back and be adults about it and realize Thanks. that it was working to both our favor. So. That's a good point. So, uh, yeah, we're looking for that, like Nate said. Um, so today we are going to revisit uh, and update one of our first podcasts. Uh, it was our third podcast. And that was the all fantasy glue guy team. Um, if you remember that pod, uh, this is this is one of Nate's babies. He's long been of a, a proponent of the fantasy glue guy. Um, is that a term we were using before we started this podcast, or did we just kind of put it together once we needed to describe it? Do you remember? Uh, well, it came about. I think you coined the term last season. Um, I think it, it was mainly. It kind of was based around uh, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith a little bit and then yeah. kind of evolved from there. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, we can um, – we like you said, we went over in, in episode three, but just kind of a quick refresher on what we're calling a fantasy glue guy. And we each – I'm sure we each have our own different definition, but – we're looking for a guy who kind of gives you um, kind of across the board contributions without hurting you anywhere. Um, extra credit to guys that are um, kind of more like on that streaming level that you identify as somebody that, that shouldn't be a streamer, should be a locked in year round play. Um, is that similar to what kind of definition you have, Jamie? Or That's so that's like the base of the soup of the glue guy. That is like, um the original prototype um and i think it's the default glue guy definition so i think you you summed that up really well um i'm going to be getting into some more nuanced takes on the fantasy glue guy kind of redefining what it can mean 
depending on how your draft goes on how your roster construction turns out. Um, so we'll have some wrinkles, but yeah, I think you just kind of nailed it as far as what the fantasy blue guy is um, definition was. Nice. Yeah. So the uh, real quick, I'll just, just going to spend one, like one minute hitting some of the guys that I went over on uh, our preseason uh, list. And some of these guys were the, were more just like projecting potential glue guys. And, and there's quite a few misses in here and some hits, but um, I think based on what our definition is, um, you know, none of these guys you were, you were going to spend much draft capital on. They were all kind of going to be end of the draft guys, streaming guys. So if you miss on some of these, it wasn't a big deal. Um, you can just drop them and be on your way. So yeah. um, the guys I had, uh, my captain of all time here is uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, who's had a pretty bad season. He's been injured quite a bit, but uh, he's back now and, and looked good the other nights for the Mavs. Um, I don't know what he put up tonight, but um I also had Grant Williams. Uh, that one isn't sticking. Um, Wendell Carter, uh, who who got coined Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue. Um, yeah. yeah, and then uh, uh, Josh Hart in this, who's who's looked pretty good. Um, and that was kind of the 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 main structure of my team. I guess I had Alex Caruso too, and uh, we went over him last week. Yeah, the the bald guy bump, which which uh, bald guy bump continues to roll. Um, yeah, pretty solid list gives you a good idea of what we're looking at. I'll do the same as Nate. Quickly run through my original list. Um, so I had two types of glue guys when we first did this: solid but never spectacular player who rounds out your roster and smooths out those edges. Um, you know, trickle of stats, and then you have the extreme guy, uh, the guy who helps you in a few categories quite a bit but hurts you other places and you have to build around that. Um, so my point guard was Marcus Smart and he is uh, the latter. Um, you know, gives you the assists, gives you the steals, but you got to work with the percentages. Um, I would say my biggest hit of the season um, was my classic trickle of stats shooting guard, Will the Thrill Barton. Um, he's really killing it in Washington. Um, if you just listen to this because you know us and you're nice, uh, thank you. Um, I'm being facetious. Uh, he's not in the rotation. Um, the small forward was, uh, Dorian Finney Smith, uh, none other. I think the, uh, logo or of this, um, podcast, if we had, it has to be DFS forever. Um, mm -hmm. Jay Sean Tate, who, uh, the, you know, he's been out kind of like DFS. He's been out a lot. Um, it's been more clogged than I expected in Houston. I thought Tate would, you know, have a regular role, but you know, keep an eye on him as the season progresses. Yeah, and then probably my, guy. right. Yeah. Pr probably my biggest hit was a uh, big zoo. Um, Avatsa Zubats. You want to give a shot at his first name? Uh, what is it? I can do that. Nope. No, he's good. Okay. So this is Big Zoo. <laughs> uh, I had him as the uh, center. And then my sixth man I had is Herb Jones. He's had a bit of a dip. He's still a good stocks guy. He actually fouled out today. Um, so he hasn't taken that jump. He's been in and out of the lineup, but always a guy to keep an eye on if you need blocks and steals off the waiver wire. Mm hmm. Those are our original glue guys. Um, so let's, Nate, I'll let you kick it off here. Uh, and why don't you hit us with your first uh, member of the All Fantasy Glue Guy 2.0 team. All right. The the revived version of this. I'm going to start with a guy um, who uh, I'm going to try to make the case that the fantasy community has uh, has got this one a little bit wrong in, in that, uh, he, that we're rostering uh, – 
they they're rostering the wrong player at this position uh, at this high level. And so the guy I'm, I'm talking about here is uh, Maximum Derek White. Maximum um, Derek. <laughs> and uh, who he's 52% rostered. Um, and the guy I'm making the case kind of against, not, ne- not necessarily, is Malcolm Brogdon, um, who I really like. I like Malcolm Brogdon quite a bit as well, who's 72% rostered. Um, so my case isn't against Brogdon. It's just that uh, um, I think that uh, Derek White should be closer to that same roster percentage of, of in three-quarters of leagues. Um, so when you kind of look at them, and and I, I was kind of curious. I know you just touched on Marcus Smart, but going into the season – of those three point guards that the Celtics have, um, did you kind of have some of those guys ranked higher or lower than the fantasy consensus at all? Or were you, were, or were there any of them buys or stay aways? You know, I feel really unprepared for this question. You could have texted me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So Marcus smart, definitely number one. Uh, he's a, he's a steady player. Whoever got drafted him, you kind of ride it out. You're not going to really sell high or buy low. He's Marcus smart. We know what he is. Um, so between the other two, you mentioned, I've always been a Derek white fan. Uh, definitely when he's in San Antonio, I think his fantasy stock was a little higher. The perception was, for, was better over there. Um, his minutes haven't been as consistent as the Celtic, um, but he actually has the most blocks of any guard in the NBA. Um, uh, a quick uh, trivia corner, um, Nathan Lake, I'll put you on the spot. Uh, would you go ahead and, and guess who, what guard has the second most blocks in the NBA? You know, I heard this podcast too, actually. Oh, damn. <laughs> I would have guessed it. I would never have guessed Kyrie, but I, I happened to have heard the same. Uh, what about Wednesday? Heard- if we did this podcast 48 hours ago, would you have known the answer? Yeah, I, I listened to that Verno drop uh, on Tuesday afternoon when it happened. <laughs> it's pretty good. I would have guessed Anthony Melton, too, just like they were saying, but it's Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I I never would have guessed that if you would have given right. me, a, I think, 100 guesses. Well, I have him on a team, and I, I really enjoyed the consistent suck, so I might have gotten there, but still a surprise to yeah. be sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So in any case, when, I mean, when you look at these two guys, um, you know, just as far as you look at the raw stats and um, – it's kind of funny. You'll have to hang with me here for a second. I'll be but yeah. um, so so points, Brogdon's averaging 14, White's averaging 10. Um, rebounds, assists, uh, Brogdon 4 and 4, White 3 and 3. Brogdon's shooting better percentages and hits more threes also. So, I mean, it seems like it's a clear Brogdon win here. Um, and Brogdon should be owned. He, he's doing really well. Um, but what I like a lot about Derek White is it kind of depends on your build a little bit. He's not – I mean, the first off, he doesn't hurt you anywhere. He only averages one turnover a game. For a point guard um, who's playing 26 minutes a night, That that's really good. Um, and then if you get in there and kind of play with the uh, – uh, kind of the punt categories a little bit, um, I think one that you see people do, you know, it's not – the most common, but it, it can be, is a punt points build. Um, and if you do a punt points build with Derek White, he's the number 36 player in fantasy this season. That's tasty. Tasty nugget. Yeah, which is just amazing. I mean, and a lot of that is, as you referenced, due to his 
due to his really high block numbers. Um, you know, he's number 30th in the entire league in blocks. Um, so he's, which is pretty amazing considering that there's probably 40 centers alone rostered in our league, at least. Um, so he's doing really good and about that. And, and I think also, I mean, we've seen a, a dip the last couple games from him, um, but really what I like is I feel like there's still some, you know, like we've seen a really consistent floor out of him, but I think there still could be some potential upside here. Not in that he's going to get better per se. I mean, he's a, he's a veteran, but just that uh, the rest of that team has been really healthy so far this season. Uh, and, you know, f- throughout his course of his career, Brogdon has not been the picture of health necessarily. Marcus Smart, uh, just kind of balls so hard that he ends up missing some games here and there to injury. So I think if any of those guys go down, you know, that 26 minute a night really goes up. Um, we've, we saw that just with that one week alone that Jalen Brown was, da- was down last week. Uh, Derek White's minutes went up an average of five minutes per game. So I think he's one of those guys that if nothing else changes, you're getting a really good guy. If you're not, craving points um but you know there's still some upside there mm. i'm always craving some points so uh, <laughs> oh good point <laughs> um yeah i will i'll touch i got one little thing on Derek white but i'll get to it um obviously he may or may not be on my list but um so i'm going to jump into my first guy and i did want to you asked me earlier um as far as my philosophy i touched on a little bit but this year um I'm kind of reevaluating the fantasy glue guy as ideally somebody that you would like to be forced to cut. Um, you know, more traditional glue guys are not players. You want to roster by any means necessary all year. Um, I want to make the point that as the season wears on closer to the fantasy playoffs, um, the high floor, lower ceiling players do become more valuable because um, mm-hmm. especially if you look at the games they have, those, if you get a four game week from a, you know, a floor player versus a, guy whose minutes are inconsistent but has a higher upside uh in the playoffs you probably take the four games from the from the glue guy um you know but holding on to them too long early mid-season you, you can miss some of the big hits um and so with that we have my first glue guy and this is the level up glue guy this is somebody that you're able to get and it levels your team up and it is somebody i have talked about on this podcast my point guard are you is- gonna make one of those level up noises like they do like in mario like I can't really do it, but I'm not a great sound effects guy. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Okay. Right. I, I apologize for interrupting. I'll, I'll level with you. So, so King Killian Hayes is my point guard. Um, yeah. And if you, if you got him at any point, and I think he qualifies for this list, uh, depending on your yeah. roster construction, because he's kind of like Marcus smart last year, although with, with a, with a level up, you're getting great steals. You're getting um, great assists, um, like a little over eight a game. <laughs> Um, and he's hitting threes. I've been over his stats on this pod. We don't have to go over them again. Um, and he just, he has room for growth. So, um, a little different twist. Um, but, uh, I'm calling him the frosting on your brownie glue guy, um, for, <laughs> for, for, uh, his official moniker, uh, because, you know, for my, on my roster, for instance, uh, in our league of record, he was kind of like the frosting on my brownie. Um, and I'm very thankful to him. Um, and I thank him every evening. Um, say a little. I pray, to, I pray to God you're going to have a sprinkles guy later this pod. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So I won't spend too long on King Killian because everyone knows how I feel. Um, and you can uh, hear the stats on our last pod, actually. 
Um, a quick second team plug. My second team all glue guy point guard is Maximum Derek White. Um, mm-hmm. I'm calling him the old, the unlimited breadsticks with your pasta glue guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the out of position blocks is why you're getting you know a seemingly unlimited amount of something that you really don't need. You got a full plate of dinner. You know you got a full roster. You probably have other shot blockers, but you're getting these breadsticks from Derek White. Um, so uh, yeah, quick shout out to him. I will say though, like in that last game against the Warriors, um, with their lineup back intact, Brogdon played, I believe, 35 minutes. He had a great game. Yeah. Um, and Derek White's minutes were down. I don't want anyone to panic. I just want to point out that there's going to be ebbs and flows. Um, so, you know, at some point, Derek White could become a one of those players that you have to say, okay, like, you know, maybe I need to make the cut if he's your worst player. Um, but same with Brogdon. So I just think that um you know, your points all stand, but just kind of keep an eye on it now that they are healthy for now. But, you know, with Horford and Time Lord, um, if you hold on to Derek White, it's all going to even out, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, anything we say now is always to be monitored. I mean, rotation, rotations change. Uh, what was true two weeks ago is may not be true next week. So, yeah. Exactly. Okay, a lot of Derek White talk, um, but that was quick yeah. and dirty. So uh, you want to hit us with your second guy? Yeah, I'm going to move on to a guy that, uh, once again, in a deep rotation at his position. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I had him at, as the third best player at his position on his team. Um, didn't have him on my radar for, for league. So I've been pretty surprised to see how good he's been. Um, and that is Markel Foltz. Oh, I like that. I didn't consider him for this list, but that's good. Yeah, he's been... I've been shocked. I, I honestly have been shocked that he's beat out the other guys and has looked looked really good. Looked the parts. I don't know if, if you how many Orlando games you've been catching. But... More than most people who live not yeah. in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he looks solid. He looks aggressive. Uh, he looks quick, and uh, you know, and his he's got he's doing great. So his I mean his his stats are twelve four five and a half. With two stocks, shooting fifty percent from the field for a point guard, um, which so it's he's really really helping you quite a bit. You know, you get the unlike uh, what I consider kind of a classic Lou guy of of not hurting you anywhere across the nine categories. Marco, this is not what Marco Fultz is. Um, he doesn't help you at all with threes, and. <laughs> And his three throw percentage is pretty poor. He's shooting 67%. And frankly, his form looks kind of like a seventh grader, like learning to shoot. It's pretty, like it's like a punt shot. There's been a lot of ink spilled over his form. Kevin O'Connor was, uh, you know, giving him a hard time saying he should uh, switch the hands he shoots with. So, Right, right. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, it's one of those things. I think if you... Um, and once again, I think it's all about where your build's at. You know, I think a guy that could just be a straight streamer for one person's team is a locked on like rest the season guy on another person's team. And I think it just depends on what your construction is. Um, for instance, with Fultz, if you're, if you're punting three throw percentage, he's the 86 player on a per game basis in fantasy. If you're punting threes, he's the 75th player, um, you know? So it's, I think, depending on where you're at, you got to look at some of these guys and find the right guy for your team. Um, but long, but long term, as far as the season goes, 
he's clearly beat out Cole Anthony, who's kind of fading in minutes and looking a little disinterested. Um, if I'm being honest, last couple of games, he's kind of looks like he's pouting. Um, and then, and then Suggs, I don't know what's going on with him. He doesn't play anymore, but uh, in any case, his role looks locked in. Cole Anthony today, he was actually in the closing lineup and he looked recharged. He had last I saw 19 points and uh, oh, they, okay. they, they did win versus who were they playing? Uh, the Pelicans. But yeah, for the most part, he has okay. looked a little disengaged. Um, I think he needs to adjust, like we talked about on the previous pod, to his future role as spark plug off the bench uh, mm-hmm. as that ceiling Nick Van Exel, um, you know, as far as his ceiling as, as a prototype, um, just coming in and getting buckets against second units. But um, absolutely. But yeah, real quick caveat. So if you end up with someone like Marcus Smart, or I, I guess even Killian Hayes, but Marcus Smart for sure, and they just are anti your build. So say you have Fultz and you know you uh, depend on free throw percentage and um, you don't really need his steals. Um, you you got to find the team in your league who has that build. So hopefully, you know, we have a text thread and we'll throw stuff out. Hopefully the communication in your league is good enough. Like in a public league, you don't know anybody. You're kind of screwed um, because people are very, um, you know, if you ever played a Yahoo public league, sometimes there'll be one or two trades the entire year. Um, so, you know, the more active the league, the better always. But um, yeah, look for somebody who that fits their build and let them know. Maybe they don't know. Be like, hey, did you know that you're, you know, winning these categories every week and you can strengthen them with this player and this player isn't helping you? Um is that too know it Ollie? What if someone said that to you and it made sense? No, I, I I do actually find that helpful when people are offering trades like that to me when they say, because I feel like it's coming at it. Um, I think that's a really good way to approach a trade is one of those like, hey, let's find a trade that helps both of our teams right. rather than, hey, I, I'm trying to, you know, like low key swindle you, right. uh, you know, like um, I think it, that is the trade that that works for me the most often saying like, Hey, like, dude, you're terrible at assists. Give me this guy. Exactly. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm winning this every category. Let me give you this. And, and I feel like that's, I think you made a really good point there. That's what's great about nine category basketball leagues. You know, in a points league, everybody scores the same. It's just one category. You're just trying to accumulate a certain amount of fantasy points. So you're really just trying to do true buy lows, true sell highs, get one over on someone, and, the, you know, not in a nasty way, but like, you know, if you think somebody's minutes will rise for whatever reason, or, you, or you're afraid that a tanking team is going to, you know, if a player, so you really have to look for a narrative more in a points league in your trades. Yeah, yeah true. Or, or Roto for that reason, too. Yes, I played that once and I, that was a long time ago. I thought it was really Same. boring. So I was good on that. Yeah. Shout out yeah. Roto League players. Hey, if we have any Roto League players, let us know. I'd love to meet one. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been a while since I've done it, but uh, um, yeah, but Hey, give us a, a non-boring take speaking of bo- uh, boring stuff. You, you actually can't wait for this. Okay. So here's my shooting guard and we went back and forth a little bit on, on, on this over text, but ultimately I have my shooting guard as the green beans with dinner glue guy, a revisit to, to a, um, <laughs> a past analogy. Uh, his special skill is he is in Tibbs circle of usage trust. Uh, so that is Quentin Grimes. He's my mm. shooting guard. Uh, Qu- Quentin Grimes is, you know, that team in the Donovan Mitchell talks, that team being the Knicks, he was said to be the piece they just refused to include. And it's always funny when you hear those stories and you look back and that's 
there's these players that just were untradeable for whatever reason, or they wouldn't include them in trades. Uh, apparently in Minnesota, just you refused to put their McDaniels boy in, in those trades, but it's like, we, you could have kept Walker Kessler. Sorry, Adley, keep the job. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Grimes has just been so consistent week to week. Uh, doesn't hurt you anywhere. So in that way, he's the classic glue guy. He is threes. He is steals. He is a free, free throw percentage booster. And he has an incredibly locked in role. Only a starter for the Knicks and a starter for the Raptors can give you that kind of security. He has averaged 35.5 minutes in his past 10 games. Um, and that's with the team fully healthy now. That's with everyone back. No one's out of that rotation. And Seth Mitchell Robinson uh, and those numbers don't reflect that. And that's completely irrelevant. Um, so because of that reason, he just slightly edged out my second team, all glue guys shooting guard. And that is KCP. Um, KCP is my tall glass of ice cold milk with dinner glue guy. Uh, <laughs> it's nourishing. It's refreshing. Uh, you know, sometimes you think you'd rather have something else. Uh, you're looking at the wire. You're like, oh, he is my worst player, but you know, he's doing the same sort of stuff that Grimes is takes nothing off the table. Um, but his role is slightly less locked in at 30 minutes per game in his last 10. Um, so yeah, I got Grimes first team and I got KCP second team all glue guys shooting guard yeah I think I think what these two guys that you just touched on are are perfect for what this podcast is you're not excited about either one of these guys are you though you're excited uh no no I'm not excited about either one of these guys I really am not but they are they both have been so good that you you look down and you're like oh wow like I'm winning kind of because of these guys I mean they're, like they're not the reason my team's winning but every week you know if you kind of like you go you go across the table to the other person's team you're like they're just outplaying them and nobody expects it right. and you're not going to be able to trade those guys I mean like or it'd be it'd be harder to trade those guys to get equal value because people don't value them. Oh yeah. It's it's not fun trying to shop around a glue guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, if you got them, just enjoy the low key steal that you got. Can I hit you with a live developing uh, strategy corner? Mm -hmm. So I say that I say this, (laughs) I say that the fantasy glue guys in this pod in particular is really relevant to use stars and strubs grafters. Um, did mm. I say stars mm. and grubs? <laughs> so in an auction league format, like we always do in particular, uh, there are two types of builds, as you might know, there is spend 80 on Joker, 70 on, you know, Luca or whatever, and 80 on Giannis. And then you have minimal amount of money to fill out your roster. This last year, I purposely went in thinking, I want to try the ultimate, just get as many top 50 players build as I can, which makes it harder for me to keep a KCP or, um, a Grimes in that particular league. Um, I have another league where I've rostered both at different times. So if you're a stars and scrub guy, scrub guy, uh, these are players you really want to be checking for. And if you wanted to go into next year with this kind of philosophy in mind and try a stars and scrubs build and look for these type of players, that could be interesting. Um, I'm really enjoying the build that I have, but sometimes, especially when I'm looking at these names, I'm like, damn. Like I can't roster a Quentin Grimes, which is, uh, you know, which is a great problem to have, but at the same time, mm, that steady stream. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think that's, that's a really astute. I mean, it, it does fit certain styles a little bit better. Right. Exactly. All right, Nathan Licky, I'm, I'm really ready for your, your next. All player. right. 
So the next guy, I want to see if you can guess who this is. I'd love to. Uh, this guy played two years for the Pioneers of the University of Denver. Just jump in whenever you get a guess here. What's that mean? Uh, uh, he played two. I mean, I mean, he played his first two years of college at the University of Denver. Oh, they're called the Pioneers? That's yeah, the they're mascots, the Pioneers, yeah. That's fun. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he then transferred to Baylor where he played two more years and went undrafted in the NBA. Um, went over, played a year in Germany. Still didn't get into the league. Went over to Spain, played a year in Spain. Um, and then has then came over, played five years in Utah. It's awesome. Let's just sit with this Before. moment. Let's just... Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Before moving on to his current team, do you know who this player is yet? This is so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's great theater. It's a tough... Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. The dramatic pauses, I'm sure, are playing really well. Can I get well a position? Can I get a position? Well, so this is first year in Brooklyn. Oh, it's Royce O'Neill. It's Royce O'Neill. Yeah. Um, that's nice. That's a good, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. He, I feel like we've, we've discussed him previously as these like, he was kind of fringy glue guy, not quite consistent enough ever um, in Utah, but but gave you the he had the outlines of a glue guy. Um, but this season, he's finally realizing that potential. Surprisingly, he's averaging career highs in points, assists, blocks, steals, three pointers. Um, he's having the best season of his career, without a doubt. And his dating life has really improved. Um, he's really taking a level up and in, in that too over in Brooklyn. Right. I mean, to get the pool is a lot bigger <laughs> than uh, Salt Lake City. A lot more IG models hanging. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I mean, like if you're into snowboarding, you know, you get a, the options are a little bit thinner though. So, but you know, take different, take some, win some, lose some. Different strokes. Yeah. But, um, but in any case, so he's, he's averaging uh, nine and a half, five, four, 1.7 stocks, 2.33s. So, I mean, in 1.7 turnovers. I mean, he's kind of that is the absolute kind of hit you a little bit everywhere type so you, guy. You're um, going for the you're just going for the perennial like classic glue guys because you're nailing all of them right now. Russ O'Neill has to be mentioned on this. I have a quick th- I thought about Russ O'Neill the other day and I was talking to you in my mind. And uh, Royce O'Neal is a player that needs stars around him to even be a glue guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had him in a DFS lineup the other day against the Spurs, uh, which is the Ben Simmons led attack. Oh man, he killed me. And so I kind of looked into a little bit um, and in games without either Kyrie or um, KB, which there was only been a few, he's put up a lot of stinkers. So he's a connective tissue piece in real life. Yes. And when he's able to have those stars around him, um, man, because he is such a skilled passer, he is a knockdown shooter. He's a great defender, and it, unlike R.J. Barrett, um, it does translate to stocks for fantasy. Um, so, if you're streaming and you just need to pick somebody up, take a look. Make sure, like you know, if both the stars are out in Brooklyn, I don't think he's going to swoop up all that usage. Don't start salivating and think that oh, it's going to be a big usage game for Russell O'Neill because he is not capable of that. He has not shown that. That's a great point. I think, especially as we get closer to the trade deadline, I mean, you see some of these guys and you're like, oh man, like right. if, if that star gets moved, like, boy, this guy's going to pop. Cause like, he's going to have the ball in his hands at all times. And there's other guys who are like, 
oh man, if they get rid of that like point guard, like he's just gonna flounder. Um, uh, and so yeah, you're right. I think that's that would describe him. Um, you know, I mean, he's been um uh, he he went on a couple hot games right as KD went out. So I mean he's overall he's been he's number fifty four in the league over the last uh two weeks. Impressive. So yeah, pretty pretty surprising. Um but you know and then but really because he's kind of unsexy and I think a lot of times you look at a guy and you're like, oh he's not ever he's not even averaging ten points a game. He's only rostered in fifty eight percent of the leagues. So uh, there's a good chance that he's probably I mean, a 58% kind of just means that he's constantly on and off of people's uh, waiver wires. Right. So if sure. he's if he's there, I mean, he's really, once again, if you're not, if you don't need the high volume points and, you're, and you are happy to get the help everywhere else, snag him. Snag him. He's, Royce O'Neal is not traditionally sexy, but he has a nice goatee. Mm-hmm. I do like his look. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. That's the point. Um, all right. So I'll go ahead and give my next guy. Uh, I got a small forward here and I'm calling him the, you buy two, get one free glue guy. Uh, he is high on my hate to see that you're playing him that week team, which you actually asked me one time. So his special scale is he puts fear in the heart of your opponent, especially on a Sunday when you need to win threes. Any guesses who this might be? Buddy Hield. Ooh, that's a layup right there for you. Yeah, that's Buddy Hield. Nice. Um, so yeah, Buddy Hield. Um, for for me, he's he makes this list. Uh, because of where you're able to get him year in and year out, you know, um, I went back and looked at my two leagues in particular. He was pick 74 uh, in one league, and I got him for $8 in an auction. Um, mm. For me, <laughs> he's a guy that I always want to throw into trades when I have him, and then I kind of wish I had him when I don't. Um, and I've noticed that over the years, he does get traded a lot. Have you noticed that, just at least in our leagues, that Buddy Heald is, you know, he's on the high end of players who might be traded in a season. Yeah, I feel like you the way you described it was perfect. You hate playing him and you hate rostering him. I know, right? Because um, he could go off for 10 threes against you that night. Or he could go a casual, like, three for 18. Right. Yeah, and so season in, season out, this guy just doesn't get enough respect. He is number 43 on the season. He is 22nd wow. in the last month. Um, so again, but Buddy Heald is a player that never wows, but he always plows. And uh, <laughs> are you are you selling T-shirts? Are you are you putting that on a T-shirt? <laughs> Do you remember the old Simpsons episode? And it's a uh, it's Homer, and he's uh, he's gonna be. It's like a daydream he's having. He's gonna be mm-hmm. plowing driveways and it's in Blizzard, and it's like Mister Plow, Mister Plow, Mister Plow. And it has Say it Mr. again. That's Mr. Plow. Yes. <laughs> it says Mr. Plow in his leather jacket. Uh, so anytime I can reference plows, I feel like I gotta give a shout out to the Simpsons. Um, <laughs> to Conan O'Brien. <laughs> so to continue a theme, my second team all glue guy small forward um, is Green Beans with Benefits glue guy. Um, <laughs> that just is a weird image. <laughs> and this is Cam Johnson. Uh, he actually just came back yesterday, Cameron Johnson of the Phoenix Suns, and he had a real efficient line. He had three stocks. Um, he was scoring efficiently. He looked spry. 
Um, he is kind of a traditional uh, glue guy, but you get the benefits because I think he does, A, he has a little bit of untapped upside that's coming, and you're going to see it in the second half, I believe. B, his role in Phoenix not only is growing with Crowder out, Crowder refusing to play because he lost the starting job to Cam Johnson, but the Suns are decimated by injuries right now and could continue to be. Um, so in his seven games prior to being injured, he was 72nd in nine cat. Uh, he does not Man. turn the ball over. They are non-existent, 0.3. So you're going to get threes. You're going to get steals. You're going to get some boards. Uh, I think I would say he could average, you know, I don't know, 16 to 19 points uh, second half of the season um, is what I Man. see for Cam Johnson and my crystal ball. Um, so for some builds, he is just great. Um, and he only makes my second. I think, you know, if we did this list again at the end of the season, or should I say when we do, uh, he might be the first first team uh, small forward. Um, what about poor man's Michael Porter Jr., huh? Great. Perfect. Awesome. I will drop my mic and break it right now. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> or you could say this year's Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> not the, not Ugh. poor anymore. Not poor anymore. <laughs> or maybe M- Michael, like uh, yeah, Michael reverse. Porter Jr. without the like shitty porno uh, goat, like, uh, like uh, what do you call that? Soul patch? <laughs> shitty porno. <laughs> By the by, the end of that this, weird soul patch right now. It's weird. Quick prediction: by the end of the season, you, we will be calling Michael Porter Jr. a poor man's Cameron Johnson. Wow, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be surprised, but uh, I'm, I'll be interested in it. So yeah, the so when guys are coming off of injury like that, um, you know, after being out an extended time, like obviously if it's, if it's a a big name brand guy, you know, like you, you play him anyway, you know, if it's Zion's first game back, if it's Giannis's first game back, you have him in your roster with some of these guys that were more fringy to begin with or streamery streamer plus, um, do you have a hesitation about playing them that first and second or third game back off of injury? Or do you kind of want to see more proof that they're going to regain that minutes and roles right away? fantasy philosophy corner <laughs> definitely if i'm just giving uh you know one size fits all response to the question which i'll start with i would say i err on the side of caution if i have a player locked into an il spot and i'm not sure who i'm gonna drop and i don't really need the stats i'm gonna keep them locked in um yesterday in particular nobody thought Cameron johnson would play i believe he played 33 minutes um maybe we'll get a fact checker for live pods at some point we can yell at uh, and they can hold up a piece of paper for us, but I'm pretty sure he played 33 minutes, um, which nobody saw that coming in his first game back. I, I mean, it seems surprising. Um, yeah. So yeah, I usually err on the side of caution. You know, if I if I have a free game or if it's an IL plus eligible spot and I can slide a dude in and out, of course I'm going to take the stats. But but yeah, take your time. You know, see how they perform. Um, and if you're not sure who you're going to drop, that's that's kind of a benefit to um, you know how how that works. That format works. Yeah, no, that seems that seems pretty logical. Thank you. I tried it, man. Um, so my next guy, I'm gonna roll with, and I this is kind of breaking a bit from this, uh, you know, kind of a team construction. In that, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm not going necessarily to power forward, which would be the logical move from here. Um, but I'm gonna go with a guy who I have uh, as a top in my top three dad rankings um by that i mean um this these player this player in particular is 
you know, he's just a dad whose job happens to be plays basketball, uh, but he could be anything. Could have been an accountant, could have been, um, you know, couldn't be in pharmaceutical sales or whatever. Um, he's he's a guy that uh, you fully expect to see wearing white New Balances out mowing the lawn um, if it's a if it's the day off from a game. We can't do Joe Ingles. It's not 2019. He has had some good games recently. Yeah, I had Joe Ingles in my top three. Um, he, made, he he clocked in at three for me. Um, and I had uh, George Niang. At oh, my God. Two. I was going to guess that. Yeah, they call him the minivan oh, okay. in Utah. They called him the minivan. Yeah. He's got that big potch, like, but he's still kind of running around up there. Uh, he looks like he he probably has a customized uh, apron for grilling. You know, it says oh, yeah. like kiss the chef or whatever it is like <laughs> um so i had three and two i'm really proud of myself like uh yeah it. number one you got number you got you got the guy who i'm actually talking planning to be talking about after this uh I think, you, I think you gotta go plum dog here it's a good guess i i am planning about talking to him talking about him later but uh Corey, no, can we go cody zeller another is he in the league okay we can talk about cody zeller anytime <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, this guy has got a goatee. Uh, I feel like he's one of the few guys with a goatee out there. Uh, also, was pretty into crypto. Um, this so the player. I'm, I'm gonna quit this. Stop the suspense. Go ahead, go ahead. His, his name is Spencer. Um, I'm talking about a guy named Spencer. Uh, Spencer, Spencer Hawes, U Dub Legend. Is he back in the <laughs> oh, league? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty ugly dude. Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, so he is doesn't quite exactly fit the. The, my, the definition that I put forward for myself on this in that um, everybody else that I've talked about so far has been sub 70% rostered. So it's been kind of that on and off of your waiver. Spencer Dinwiddie is clearly rostered on every competitive team and has been the entire season for good reason. Um, but I did want to kind of highlight him just because uh, you know, when you're looking at trades and you're um, he's the type of guy that I feel like, is fits with 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 certain roster builds and by that i mean he's a guy that that helps in every single category and is really high availability so i think he pairs really well um especially this season i think if you have if you have some of these guys uh and a lot of these superstars are in and out of the lineup you know if you have a paul george if you have uh, a Giannis, if you have a zion a, um you know it's it's just nice to have a guy that you can just kind of set set about and forget, and you just know they're always going to play because there's nothing more frustrating. Let's be honest, than let's be honest, than one of your role players going out injured and you're having to like eat a game because of like your seventh best player is uh, having knee management games or whatever. Um, so Spencer Dinwiddie has played every game this season. He's uh, providing. 77th uh, as far as per game value. But like I said, he's played every single game. So he's his total on the season is number 38. Um, so which is pretty amazing considering that for a lot of players, you know, he was one of their last picks in the draft. You have his um, raw numbers on the season in front of you. I'm trying to compare my mind to last year's Brunson. I feel like he's a slightly poor man's version of pairing Brunson with Luca last year. Yeah, that's a great that's a great analogy. So he's averaging 16 and a half, three and five point two, um, one point one stocks, two and a half threes, which is yeah. 
pretty damn good. Um, and then, and then the percentages are, are really nice. I mean, he's, he's not that 50, 40, 90, but it's not terribly far off. Uh, 46 and a half, 41, 83. Um, what, what year of Toyota Camry is then what is 22, 23 season? Oh, this is, you know, he, he upgraded. So he doesn't have the base model LE package. Um, he's, it's the Camry hybrid clearly. Okay. And, uh, but it's not the like fanciest one with like leather and like two moonroofs, but, but it does have the one moonroof and it's got the lane assist and stuff. So it's pretty nice. <laughs> and nobody smoked, no previous owners have smoked in there. No, 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 no. One previous owner, but she died. It's fine. Uh, not in the car. Low mileage, yeah. Right. Not in the car, it's just yeah. been in the garage since she passed away of natural causes. Yeah, exactly. It's a great but, deal. But she did die. Right. Yeah. She's so, dead. Yeah, the ghost. The other ghost thing going on. Nice. Um, yeah. But so, I mean, but, it, you know, in general, I mean, is uh, I think what you've seen is, is real in that bit that all those numbers are pretty much in line with his career averages. And th- by that, I mean, I know you're, you're, you're cracking up over there. Like um, <laughs> the ghost, but... line just hit me, so you have the ghost, the ghost thing going on. Just hit me a little. <laughs> it's like right, a creeper. Yeah. It's like a creeper. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, I think that, uh, you know, he, he's been, he's been a really good, good guy as far as a fantasy and then another thing i think in general and, and everybody that at least has been on my first team this season um and i and i was thinking about this as I was putting it together um i think one of the biggest skills um and i'm putting this in in air quotes that obviously nobody can hear um for a glue guy and um just was kind of spit kicking around this week is having multiple position flexibility it's a big deal um i think it's i think that's a massive thing with a glue guy because i mean you're talking to glue guys already when you're lower end roster players and it kills you if if one if that guy has is only a point guard or only a center and then you on one of these high volume days you don't have the ability to to move them around and because they're one of your lower guys they may sit on your bench um, I think, uh, a good glue guy has two, two positional spots. So I have permission to go off. Please. Yeah. 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 Let loose. What is Yahoo doing this year with the roster flexibility? Like it's the, it's been bad in the past, but it is the worst I've ever seen. Um, we all have one on our own roster. I'm sure that we know better than others, but Jeremy Grant only being a power forward makes no sense. What, what is only a power forward? I know it's ironic because I'm giving a position for each uh, you know, I could really call him just, you know, guards and wings, but Jeremy Grant plays small ball five. He, you know, plays some three, depending on who's out there. Like it makes no sense. I don't know what formula they're using to decide. Like it used to be CBS, for instance, has once you played 10 games at a particular position, you'll become eligible and they'll get mm. a bunch of eligibility in, in my CBS points league. You'll have a player. I've had players like Anthony Edwards is everything but center. Mm. And it's just, it's just nuts for flexibility. It, you know, it allows you to play your best players more. Yeah, it feels antiquated. I mean, it feels like 15, 20 years ago where you're like, this is your position. This is your position. But I mean, like, I mean, you look at the Toronto Raptors. I mean, like at any given moment, like who's this? I mean, like any one of those guys could be the center. And any one of those guys, if 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 uh, Vlamp beat or sorry, if, if on fleek is off the floor, on could fleek. be the point guard. 
Right. No, exactly. It's yeah. It makes no sense. Please don't tell Nick nurse what position he's playing a player at because he doesn't know. Right. Yeah. Chris Boucher is his, is his backup point guard. He's just playing five players. It's five players. Yeah. So thank you for that. Um, Yeah. all (laughs) All right. So back to antiquatedness. Are you ready for my first team glue guys power forward? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. So this guy is the ice cream before dinner glue guy. It is tasty, but it kind of upsets your stomach. Uh, but man, does it feel good when it when it hits right. Uh, his special skill is he has a weekly ceiling razor. This player is University of Kentucky Wildcat legend PJ Washington. I did not expect you to be talking about PJ Washington. Now, hear me out. This is my philosophy as as to why he's on this list. Again, I love him. Yeah, I know you do. But would you have thought he qualified for this list kind of in the, you know, traditional model of the glue guy list before I get into it? I wouldn't have thought that you would have thought that. Bro. Okay. I love PJ Washington, number one. Um, He was pretty cheap in drafts. He, you know, is pretty up and down um, as a player, as a fantasy player and a real life player. Over the last month or so, he's really stabilized. Um, it's really hard to find 2.53s and 2.1 stocks. Um, that's just hard to find. But wow. you know, I, I got him in the ninth round of my public league draft. Um, he, I haven't seen him on any wires. Whoever ended up with him has kept him this year. Uh, in the past, somebody would get frustrated and drop. But he's leveled up a bit. Um, but because of where you're able to get him, he could be a glue guy for your particular team. And so he qualifies mm-hmm. for my list this year. Um, but yeah, over the last month, 50% shooting, um, you know, he is averaging 84% from the line over the last month. That's up from 71% last season. So PJ Washington's kind of taken a jump, you know, that team, I don't want to talk about the freaking Hornets. I don't want to get all upset. I'm, I look red enough. If you see me on camera, I'm, I'm, I got this red light over my head, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I don't want to get all worked up about the Hornets, but PJ Washington has been a bright spot for them this year. Um, and he was able to edge out who I had in the first spot for quite some time. My second team. Wait, wait hang on. Oh, let me, can, can I just uh, respond to that real quick? I think you should be able to. Yeah. I think that's how the podcast um, Yeah. I think the, the PJ Washington is interesting. He's been way more consistent this year than he has in year pet in years past. I do think the one thing that's uh, interesting with PJ Washington is, I mean, like you look at his uh, yearly stats and you're like, yeah, glue every guy. time. Uh, right. And but then he has so much game to game variability um, that it it's and I think that it definitely contributes to like seeing him on the wire. He'll have these like four game stretches where he'll like he'll look like Nick Batum and just disappear. Um and then uh and then he'll have another eight game stretch where he's looking top fifty, laying down all the numbers that you're mentioning. So um yeah, I, I, I like his inclusion on this list quite a bit. And that's why he has to be the dessert before dinner glue guy, because mm. it tastes really good when you're getting those stocks and those threes. But just be prepared. Occasionally, your stomach might get upset, but write it out. You're an adult. Power through it. You want to have some pie before dinner? Do it. It's a power. I'm like this intolerance. Should I still do this? You should power through it. Okay, I mean ice cream. No, I, I have <laughs> no. Whatever dessert is for you, that's your thing. And so the analogy. Uh, can apply in whatever way you want it to. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my second team, all glue guy power forward is the dinner guest who brings edibles glue guy. <laughs> this is the best one. This is the best 
uh, I think, of all these that you've thrown out so far. So, so the the dinner guest who brings edibles, they're a floor, they're a floor raiser. They're raising the floor of the time you're having. You're having a good time, but Uncle Jack shows up and he hands you a, a blackberry gummy. And he tells you it's five percent with some CBD in there, and then all of a sudden, you know, those after dinner jokes are a lot funnier. Uh, you're feeling a lot more relaxed, but you know, uh, there's a guest bet, so it's cool. Uh, and this is Bobby Portis. This is Punch Bob Bobby Portis. Mm. Um, you know, his percentages are great. Um, he's somebody that I ignore, even though I'm a fan of him around draft time, there's always somebody else I'm wanting to take a shot on. This is not a player you can find in your waiver wire, but he's a glue guy for your roster because he's a little under the radar as far as like, I mean, I didn't go back to see where he was going in my dress, but he's, you know, he's always available in the double digit rounds, if not the high, you know, eighties, nineties, but you know, like you were saying about, um, about Dimwitty, um, anytime a buck's out. He's, you know, a big buck like Giannis or Middleton doesn't count anymore because Chris Middleton doesn't play basketball or Drew Holiday or or Lopez. Uh, His scoring and boards can just boom. So if you're a DFS player, um, you you want to, you know, anytime Giannis or uh, Brooke Lopez are out, Bobby Portis is a great option and a great value. Um, So he is the floor raiser and PJ is the ceiling raiser. And those are my power forwards. Solid. Yeah, that's real solid there. Yeah, the uh, I thought you had a vendetta against Bobby Portis. No, I like him. I'm a, I'm a Bobby okay. Portis guy. He's an Arkansas boy. Yeah, just he's fun. I like his expressions. He reminds me of my boy Sheriff Massey. Shout out Sheriff Massey, uh, who's from Arkansas. He was one of my best friends in Olympia. Um, but yeah, they got that similar kind of like they always seem offended. Like you know, you always just like might have hit on their sister when you look at their face, that resting face. Oh yeah. I always think of Susie Kohlberg when I think of Bobby Portis, but I, uh, I do not know who that is. Susie Kohlberg, uh, she's a NFL uh, sideline oh, announcer. Yeah, yeah, good call. Yeah, Susie, yeah. Susie. Both have both have uh, kind of like more like shocked expressions, uh, but yeah. So uh, rolling into my last guy, uh, last starter here, and I, I, I know that you were not happy. The uh, I think when we were talking about this, the, this is the only person I told you that was on my team, and uh, you said, "All right, let's do this," but like, uh, just like you can't include uh, Mason Plumley, and I did, and I did include him, and I had to, um, mm. because he's having such a good season. He really is. Um, Shout out! It's it's shocking. I mean, it's uh, he's he's about to turn thirty three here. Uh, before the end of the season and he's randomly you know he wasn't on anybody's radar because last season he was ranked 198 and he played in almost all the games just give uh, the people the numbers i need them yeah this season he's the number 85th player in fantasy um and if you punt three throws he's the number 57 player in all of fantasy that's sexy yeah he's averaging 11 10 Four assists from the center position. He he be really doing good. that. He can yeah. drop it on. One point three stocks, solid. Most they're mainly blocks, um, and sixty six percent from the field. And the minutes have been so locked in, locked is, in the role, which is really good coaching by Steve Clifford. It's really good. Yeah. So this is this is one. I kind of want to roll into a question to you for this. Um, I'm open. I want I wanted to think if you were. I wanted to ask if you were more of a glass. Uh, half full or, or glass half 
empty when it comes to Mason Plumley, And by that, I mean, um, are these, I mean, like he's been getting better and better as the season's gone on. He's, uh, he's number 48th player, no punts, just the number 48th player last month. Um, and the number, and the number 20th player over the last month, if you do punt three throws. Um, so my question is, is he just getting better and better? And is he, and he's, his role is now locked in with all these injuries. This is your guy, right? Ride him. Or are they just showcasing him and if, and he's going to get moved to the deadline and you need to move him before that too? What What do you think? Man, if it were most teams in the NBA, I would consider that they would be showcasing him, but the Hornets are too stupid to be showcasing him. It may occur to them down the line, like maybe it's not, like no one's getting to Michael Jordan and no one in his inner circle and cup check certainly ain't going to bring it up to him. I can just picture those guys like playing golf for like four hours, cup check and MJ and not bringing up the roster. <laughs> like, yeah. like, no, they don't have a plan for Plumley. Uh, Steve Clifford's playing him because he's a savvy veteran who um, makes it easier to coach on the floor because he's smart. He knows where to be. Um, and if you're coaching a terrible team with no leadership up top, and you're 70 years old and you're Steve Clifford and you look like that uh, and, you, and you're a grizzled old man, then you're going to play Plumley. So I don't blame him. It's his job to coach the team. It's not his job to, you know, I, I'm, you know, it's, well, that's a question to you. Let me bounce it back as the head coach of the team, Steve Clifford, is it your job to be developing these draft picks? Like, you know, and particularly Mark Williams, um, but any of the glutton of big guys we discussed on a previous pod, the new year's resolutions, or is it his job to just play the players who are playing the best and give him the best chance to not pull his non-existent hair out? I think you already answered that in that they hired, they knew who they hired. They've right. already had him once. They knew what they were getting. They weren't hiring a developmental guy. They weren't hiring, you right. know, yeah, Brown or like, yeah, I mean, somebody, they were, they wanted a guy, they wanted a Tibbs light and that's what they're getting. That's and good. So, like, that makes sense too. Yeah. So I mean, um, yeah, they they knew what they were they knew what they were doing. With that said, if, to bounce it back to fantasy, um, yeah, have fun trying to sell high on Plum Dog. Roll, ride it. It's fun to have the Plum Dog. Mm-hmm. You get to send out fun memes and awkward pictures and of Plum Dog um, to your league league mates. Um, and it's fun to be the man with the plum dog. Um, so ride it. And if you got to drop, for instance, we discussed, uh, Thomas Bryant recently, uh, when we were talking about, you know, you can't sell high on a player and you just write it out. And that expired just with no notice before AD mm-hmm. has even come back. By the way, Anthony Davis says there was a blurb today saying he might be back next late next week. So about a week's time from recording. Um, but Bryant, you know, his lack of defense and, um, just kind of doesn't know what he's doing out there. He can score, but he's not a smart basketball player. Lakers were like, okay, we're done with this. We're going to play Wendon Gabriel. Um, and so it can run out at any time. So enjoy it with the Plum Dog. I hope they trade him to a team that will keep him relevant um, because I do love the Plum Dog and I want to see Mark mm-hmm. Williams get, you know, 25 minutes in the second half. Um, he's definitely high on the stash. If you have stash ability, I think Mark Williams is a player that he had 17 minutes in his last game and had six blocks. Um, yeah, so, they're getting more minutes in there. Yeah, yeah. See. Right. So he's, he's like, uh, you know, early, early Nick Claxton, like we talked about. So look for those big guys where there's a piece that could be moved and we'll get into that in a future pod. Um, as far as guys who might have stash ability, but, um, but yeah, I think I hope we, if you have plum dog, 
Um, I guess you hope he gets traded, but you probably good either way. If he stays on the yeah. Hornets, he'll probably play. I I love the way that you phrase that. Keep them, troll your league, make fun of everybody else that dropped losers thirty five dollars on DeAndre Aiden's and uh, oh that's cold Jonas Valanciunas and uh, um you know all these other centers in the league and just point out that you found Plum Dog for free and uh, and enjoy that and um my my last point um on uh Mason Plum Lake because this is one of the rarest statistical anomalies um that you'll see this season his three throw percentage the and really a big chunk of the reason that he's jumped up so much um in ranking his three throw percentage is double what he shot last season. Damn. You've been holding double. on to that? You've been holding on to yeah. that nug? Yeah, I wanted to wanted to finish with an exclamation yeah, point. Yeah, because it used to be like high forties. Yeah, he, he shot. Uh, well, let's see. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, it was. I think it was. I don't know. They might even be low forties or, yeah. or or upper thirties. I think it was. Last season was rough. I just got a notification that said the podcast will be canceled if we talk about Mason Plumley for more than seven minutes. Oh, <laughs> that's that's what that's what did it it's wow we've really talked about some low level stuff and that's what broke it hey shout out to the plum dog you got anything more mason Plumney? no 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 let's let's roll all right so my center is the all meat no sides blue guy special skill he is an anchor in rebounds and field goal percentage uh he's a no-nonsense dude too and if you're uh, the star player, you know, of the team, he will be, is basically your bouncer. He basically is your also your security and he will set a screen so jarring that whoever he set the screen on might be out of the play for the rest of the play, might be out of the corridor, might get a concussion. Do you have any idea what center this might be? Steven Adams. That's the only choice. Yep. Yeah. And again, Steven Adams is a player that I never roster. Um but going through and preparing for this podcast, I got to give him a shout out. Uh, you want to make sure you're punting free throws. Uh, he hasn't had the plumly leap in, in free throws to being manageable. Uh, but his 66% field goal percentage in 12 rebounds over the past two weeks um, and his season long numbers are, are similar to that. He's just going to anchor you in those two categories. Um, so if you're a punt free throws team, Stephen Adams should be a target for you. Um, he doesn't always go drafted, but what it what it seems like to me, and I'll, I'll bounce this back to you, he seems like one of those players that gets picked up pretty early, and then he'll bounce around a couple times, and then somebody as the season progresses, they'll be like, okay, I'm just going to hang on to him this time, as it didn't feel good watching him have 24 rebounds, you know, the next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and also. I mean, he, his free throws aren't not good, but what's his volume? Like shooting one a game or something like that. Um, so low volume there. So he's not the he's not hurting you too bad when he is hurting you at least. Yeah, good point on the volume. Um, yeah, and his and his blocks have been up this season as well too. I I'm I'm curious. I don't have the numbers in front of me yet. Um, I got them. But um, yeah, let's let's hear him. So he's uh on the season he's averaging one point one blocks and point eight steals, which is nice. That's great. I mean, that's darn near elite. Um, two turnovers. Um, so it's a little something to consider. But yeah, 2.3 dimes. So just a nice player to have. Um, and uh, yeah, a tough guy too. intimidate your opponent. Yeah, that's true. I, I 
I do kind of believe in the intimidation of of uh, in fantasy. I I yeah. I rolled through. Uh, I tried out for a couple of weeks, and uh, I've had it with varying success. The like the like load up at the beginning of the week, like use all your moves early yeah, on. Yeah, I have noticed um, you doing that. You haven't done it. In the yeah, past. and I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like just kind of uh, intimidate them by being having such a giant lead early on that they maybe like sit on their moves uh, or like play to the next week, just try to scare them. But uh, in general, that backfires. And I ended up uh, being the guy that often loses an eight, one lead uh, on a Saturday. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Stephen Adams, Stephen Adams, I think has been, uh, I, He's one of those guys that I kind of all season I've been waiting for somebody to drop and and uh and because I missed out on him last time and and now I regret that. Yeah, I, I feel you. Um, same here. Uh, my second team, all glue guy center, similar mold. Um, and this is the the leftovers held up nicely, glue guy. It kind of tastes good still, you know, I ate that for dinner and lunch the next day. And like, you know, wasn't exciting, but held up pretty well. His special skill is he has been 12 team viable since 1991. Um, that is the great Al Horford of the Boston Celtics. Uh, oh yeah. Al- I had him on my eight last cuts. He just won't die, man. Um, you know, shout out to, he steps up in big games and there was an interview after the game, after they beat the Warriors, 121 to 118 in overtime. Um, and Jason Tatum was doing that whole, it's just another game. It feels good to win kind of soundbite. And Al Horford was like, no, man, he's like, I wanted this game bad. And like, we should feel that way as a team. And he showed that by having 20 points, 10 rebounds, three blocks. Um, so he can just still do stuff like that. Um, and on the season, just the trickle is, is beautiful. You're getting 9.8 points, 6.3 boards, 2.6 dimes, a block, half a steal, less than it's 0.6 turnovers. Um, and uh, her percentages are chill. Uh, and, 60... and how about threes? He's in a, is he in a three a game? Al Horford, as far as three pointers, I don't, I can't tell you, but I can tell you that he's shooting 44% from three. Wow. Um, which is incredibly 44%. efficient. 44%. Wow, that's a tremendous. Which is incredibly efficient. Um, and if you know me, um, your faithful podcast host, you know that that's not going to sit right with me, not telling you how many threes he's making a game. So I'll quickly let you know he is, damn, he's hitting 2.1 threes a game oh. in, tw- in 22 23. I pulled that up live. So yeah, um, Al Horford wow. is not a player to drop um, if you have oh. him. I had him briefly, you know, again, I went for the. Um, the deeper team and I just don't have a lot of wiggle room and uh, in our league of record, but um, yeah, he's not a player you want to drop. You want to stick him in your IL plus whenever he is questionable or, you know, you get a chance, but hold on to that dude because he's a gamer and he doesn't seem to age. He's 36 years old. Um, And yeah, shout out Al Horford. I don't know how you're doing it, buddy. Yeah. He's been, just tremendous this season. I, I have been curious. I mean, I, I saw that Robert Williams uh, looked like he started his first game yeah. last game. Yep. Um, you know, his his minutes were the same as when he came off the bench. Uh, uh, it looked like it was mid-20s, if I remember right. Uh, so I, I have been curious to see if there was going to be – and I would – if I was a Celtics, I mean, I would think that would be a good strategy to kind of 
eventually start tapering off Horford's minutes so you could have him fresh for the playoffs. And so um, as you ramp up Robert Williams' minutes, so I think it's something yeah. to monitor. Um, true, true. But, I mean, but then again, I feel like the, there's some of those guys where, you know, it's like it's the boy that cries wolf and, uh, you know, just it, it hasn't happened yet. So just kind of keep riding it. Keep riding, keep riding, Big Al. Um, good point. Just watching the minutes as the season wears all wears along, but uh, yeah, he is un- indestructible. Uh, Licky, what you got? No, that's th- those are all the players I got. I I was expecting you to, t- to touch on another glue guy, um, but I might just leave that for as a tease for a future podcast. Um, yeah. yeah, and so uh, uh, we'll got to leave a little bit in the chamber there so but i think that was uh the the glue guy thing i think is a it's a really important part of fantasy i think it's everybody especially you know when you read the big articles it's fun it's fun to talk about the really high the high value guys you know like everybody wants to read about anthony davis or um Kevin Durant or whatever. Um, but really it's this stuff down in the weeds that wins it for you. It's identifying, it's identifying those streamers that work for your team in, in a competitive team. That's all it is. You know, you're grinding out these five, four wins, six, three wins. And so I think nailing this kind of stuff is, is the difference. So uh, uh, I think, yeah, this is, it's a fun exercise. It's really well said. I mean, you grind for the love of the game. Um no, that's yeah. Fantasy is one in the margins. You know, it's it's one in the little advantages you can get. You know, in, in any business, and you know, I me, I, I have been successful in business. You know, some people you could learn from me, uh, but yeah, it's one in the margins, and it's important. And also, the bottom line is important, and it's important to pay attention to profit margins. On oh yeah yeah yeah, and and please sign up for Flying J's business podcast. Uh, it's an issue. It's gonna, a solo. Yeah. And you mainly just talk about Dogecoin in that, I believe. But uh, I think you don't give anything away here. Okay, that's true. Um, As we're out the door here, I I do want to know, you were talking about all these glue guys as far as their uh, dinner guests. Which kind of dinner guests are you? Oh, I think, I mean, you've had me over for dinner. Why don't you, you I've come over there. (laughs) I'll tell you, you're you're the guy that breaks the guest bed. Uh, listen, if you if you're enjoying the pod, please remember to uh, r- rate, review, uh, subscribe, send it to a friend. We've appreciated all the support sincerely. Uh, you know, even folks who are listening who don't uh, follow the NBA, um, we've heard from you. So I uh, really appreciate that. Um, and this has been our Fantasy Glue Guys 2.0 team <laughs> for Natron Clean. This is your boy Flying Jay, and remember um, to be a respectful guest and um, just try to take care of of your end of the bargain but you know you want to be fun too um this is ptj like you got anything else <laughs> nope <laughs> i'm probably gonna edit this part off anyways. yeah that's fair okay bye.